Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome into a Monday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Sam is producing the broadcast today. Uh, we are pleased to have the Florida Athletic Director, Scott Strickland, here live in studio. He'll be here until about 1245 or so. Uh, so call us up, 392-8255, if you have questions for Scott. Scott, thanks for doing this. Welcome. Thank you, Steve. Oh, uh, Sam, get his I mic. Got, I got it. Oh, there you go. Okay. I'm sorry. He's got it. Operator error. No, hey, it's okay. Uh, great to be with you, Steve. Thanks so much. Uh, I think you know what everybody wants to at least hear about in terms of the NIL legislation and all that. So... As you look at that, from just a Florida perspective, Scott, what does that allow uh, the university now to do in its athletic program? Um, you know, I, for one thing, we're, we're grateful for the legislatures and the governor for getting that bill through. It, it cleans up some things from the state perspective, obviously. Um, yeah, I'll be honest, a lot of the uh, restrictions, uh, limitations, uh, handoff nature of what NIL is, is really driven by the NCAA rules, in my opinion, more than the, the state law. Uh, even though they're, you know, the state law as it is now is, is much cleaner, uh, and I think that, that's probably the best thing, is it just removes some, some um, language that was causing questions and people were, probably had different interpretations of. Um, it's, it's really clean and simple now. You know, the NCAA rules, the guidelines, they, they came out in November with the most recent ones. They are, um, you know, schools can't pro directly provide NIL. Um, and that's, that's really the, 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 there's several others, but that's the big takeaway, right? Schools cannot pro directly provide NIL. And so um, we certainly want to encourage it. We want to, uh, you know, make it as positive as possible for our athletes who are here on campus. And we've got a lot of athletes who have really benefited from it, from it. Um, several million dollars worth of payments to several hundred, uh, you know, a few hundred athletes. And, um, you know, it's really important that we're, that we're strong in this space. And just, you know, back in the day, pre-NIL, and keep in mind, NIL has been around for less than 20 months. So, you know, you, you talk about something, we talk about it in ways that, like it's been around, around forever. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a real, it's, this is like, you know, remember when uh, the internet started to become, you know, widespread in the late 90s? And uh, and you had the the dot com bubble. We we haven't you know in the timeline of things we haven't hit the bubble stage of this thing yet. You know we're still really in the in the uh, embryonic stages. But um, you know back in the day when when you were recruiting young people, uh, you wanted you know to have them to have a great relationship with their coaches. You wanted to have great academic programs. You wanted to have uh, great facilities. Uh, great you being a great conference, so you can provide great competition. All those things that kids would use to make their decision, those things are still really important. Uh, NIL doesn't replace all those things, but NIL is equally as important now as relationship with coaches, how the facilities, all that other stuff I mentioned. And so it's really important that we're, that we're strong in that area. And um, uh, my sense is we've been able to really help a lot of our current athletes through third-party NIL payments. And uh, we're, you know, we have goals and, and hopes that we can make that even stronger. Uh, athletic director had on here the, the state of Florida has done some things don't we need some national legislation here is, is that a far-fetched thing to ask 
I, I understand why people would want that. It is, um, it would be great. I just don't know that it's very feasible or <laughs> yeah. likely. And so, and, and you bring up a great point. I, you know, um, you think about the two or three things on, on, uh, on, on what my thought process is these days. Uh, number one is NIL. Uh, but really, it's tied to what number two is. Number two is what's the future model of college athletics going to be? And in a lot of ways, NIL is a placeholder until we figure out what that next, what, what the model is going to be. What is going to be a legally defensible yet sustainable model that we can that we can uh, you know, move forward with? Um, and we don't know what that is right now. And you know, there's a couple uh, legal cases. Working through the federal court system, one up in uh, the Northeast, one out in California, uh, that could have an impact. Uh, you know, we we had this a couple years ago. The Supreme Court came out, and uh, now we're we're paying uh, five thousand nine hundred eighty dollars a year, eighty dollars a year in academic and cash incentive payments to our student athletes as a result of that Supreme Court case. But again, that's not a long-term solution or a new model. Uh, there's some cases that could in, you know impact a new model. Uh, but until we get it, a different model than what we currently have, NIL is going to be really important, and we need to make it a priority. All right, let's get some calls for Scott, 392-8255, since he's given up his time here to answer your questions. Uh, Jim has two questions for you. Does Charleston Southern or Cincinnati, et cetera, get money to play the Gators in baseball? And he says, best guess, best guess on SEC opponents in football for 2024. The answer is yes. We'll play. We'll pay some kind of guarantee for just like we would any kind of sport where we're bringing in a team. We're not returning the game. There'd be some kind of guarantee. It's not obviously what you would pay in football or basketball, but there's some kind of guarantee to cover cost of travel, that sort of thing. Um, boy, the the not only who the opponents are going to be in 24 in football. We don't even know how many of those SEC opponents we're going to have yet. Uh, the league is not. We haven't made a decision yet. And I, you know, I'm on record as hoping we add to the number of conference games that we go to a nine-game schedule. I think that's good for our league. I think it's good for our athletes. I think it's good for our fans. I don't know why we wouldn't do that. Um, but there's not been a decision made. Now, up until this point, we thought they were coming until in 25. So it wasn't until the last week or so that we now know for sure that a and I mean, that Texas and Oklahoma are coming in 24. And and my hope is by the time we uh, we get to our spring meetings in Destin. We'll have an answer. I was just going to ask that. I would, you would think Destin would, be or at least place. come. Yeah, coming out of Destin, I would expect us to have an answer. Okay, let's get a call for you here, Bill. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm sorry, Steve. Did you say Phil? I said Bill, but I, I, if it's Phil, go ahead. Okay, thank you, uh, Scott. First, thanks for all you do. Two questions for you. Uh, one, what was the thinking for having orange and blue on Thursday night? I think Georgia's in town that weekend, and that would have seemed to me to be a great opportunity. to to have some doubleheader type action with baseball, softball, maybe spring game football on that Saturday to get a lot of people in town. And secondly, with NIL and all that you just described, coupled with the transfer portal and maybe uh, some struggles in some of the past hires, will all of this impact how you hire coaches moving forward and evaluate their their performance? I'll take it off the air. I know you got a lot of callers. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll start with the last question first. You know, it actually impacted what you just brought up with NIL and the transfer portal. Uh, impacted some of the, uh, the thinking when we brought in this this these four coaches we hired last year, um, Billy, Todd, and Sam and Kelly. Uh, I believe 
relationships and the ability to build culture are going to be more important than ever because, um, you know, we'll see. But I, th- I think it's really hard to just make NIL the sole reason your program exists and operates. Again, I said earlier it's really important. So I'm, I'm not dismissing NIL, but I think you have to have a comprehensive view. And I think at the center of that, the relationship uh, that you instill w- with the athletes uh, among your staff, that culture you build, I think the programs that in an NIL era that really do a good job in that, in, in that, especially with all the mental health challenges our young people are facing today that really pour into young people from a relational standpoint, I think those programs are going to have staying power and be really good long-term. Um, I, he asked also about the spring game on Thursday, yes, so let me jump yes, on that. Yes, yes. Um, you know, we did that a year ago, and it was well-received. Uh, from the, we, we had very, uh, very few negative feedbacks, mostly positive comments about doing it last year. Um, it kind of extends the weekend. His point, we both softball and baseball have Georgia in town for home SEC series. It kind of extends the weekend. People can come in Thursday. They can make a long weekend, stick around for softball and baseball. Um, and then from a recruiting standpoint, um, you know, we're, we're competing uh, with the Georgias and the Florida States of the world and, and Miami and everybody else uh, for top talent in this area. And um, instead of, you know, putting our spring game on the same Saturday that most everybody has their games on Saturdays uh, and making kids have to choose where they're going to go, the thought is we can, you know, we can get as many as possible come in on that Thursday night and not have to make a decision, kind of have exclusive access to them on that Thursday night. So multitude, multitude of reasons. Uh, went well last year. We'll see how it goes this year. Uh, something that uh, Coach Napier thought was a positive a year ago. Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. More with Scott, 1214. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jillery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Victoria Alves. What an eventful weekend it has been for the Florida Gators. Gators baseball began their season and won all three games as they opened up their season strong. In Gators softball, they are now on a 10-game winning streak as they continue dominating the pitch everywhere they go. And finally, for the first time since 1993, the Gators left the pool on Saturday night holding the SEC trophy for both men's and women's swimming and diving. This win marks the 44th SEC championship in program history. Up next, boys high school basketball will continue tomorrow with regional finals. Games will include Newberry and Hawthorne, Wildwood takes on Williston, and Santa Fe plays Coco. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Victoria Alves. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Folks, there's a terrific local charity, the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palaka, that's doing some really, really good work. And they need your help to continue to do that. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes. They're sustained by your donated vehicles. They learn real-life skills because they repair the vehicles and then they go out and resell them. So if you have an unused or unwanted vehicle of just about any kind, please consider donating it to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch. Your donations are tax-deductible and go a long way towards helping this really great cause. Google Boys Ranch Palatka to find out more or go online, rbr.org. That's rbr.org. Finding security is a tricky thing. It's one part minimizing risk in all facets of life and one part that fluffy blankie you had when you were three. And since Radiant Credit Union can't get into Grandma's attic to find Mr. Snuggles, we can help secure your financial future with our adjustable rate certificates. 
Let us secure your savings with rates starting at 4.93% APY for 12 months. Visit RadiantCU.org forward slash secure. 12-month certificate requires $1,000 minimum balance to open account, $10,000 balance to earn APY. Who can you trust with your automobile these days? Hey, it's Steve Russell. As you drive around town, you'll see a lot of auto repair shop chain stores. Every time you go in there, there's a new person behind the counter with the same old song and dance, presenting you with a long list of expensive repairs. If you're tired of that type of treatment, do what I and thousands of families have done since 1975. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. Dave Mays Automotive is family-owned and operated, and you can tell because they treat their customers like family. No long list of surprises. In fact, their famous bug checks designed to prevent surprises. They do it all. They'll take care of your entire vehicle. Dave Mays Automotive is located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. They'll get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive. We get the bugs. All of them bugs. Everyone's talking about regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. They use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, you need to call QC Kinetics. Don't assume that steroids and surgery are your only options. Times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. Stop taking the pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative that pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain. Spring's coming, and you want to enjoy all life has to offer. Call QC Kinetics now and get a free consultation with local medical professionals. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics. We are your all for Tampa Bay Lightning Hockey. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world with the WRUF radio app. This is Gatorhead football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 a.m. WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. The Gator Athletic Director Scott Strickland's in the house. Another half hour or so. Got question or comment for him? Call us up, 392-8255, or email us like Tom has done. He says, uh, Scott, what's the timeline for a decision on the Utah football date? Uh, yeah, great question. Uh, that is going to kind of hinge on when uh, Fox and ESPN, they actually have a draft for Pac-12 games. And my understanding is that draft is in early March. And so um, one of the networks, I think, prefers it to be played on Thursday. The other, I think, prefers it to be played on Saturday. The contract was actually written to give flexibility. And uh, so we'll probably we may not know unless Utah just comes and says, hey, let's pick a date and do it. And they've not done that yet. So it's their home game. Their TV contracts dictated. Uh, this is what they do in their league. We don't do this in the SEC. So it's a little unique. Um, I will say because uh, people say, why would we will be willing to play on a Thursday? Um, you know, during the regular season, we're not going to play a Thursday game. Uh, but first game of the year. It does a couple of things, and, and so both coaches would prefer it to be on Thursday, just so you know, mm-hmm. um, because it allows you to uh, – you can actually start fall practice a couple of days early, 
if you play uh, bef- you know, a little bit earlier. Um, and it gives you a, a, a little bit more recovery after that first game before you, uh, you know, go on with the rest of your schedule. So it kind of gives you, you know, you don't have to worry about a short week on the front end because it's the first game of the year, and then you get the benefits on the back end. Plus, traveling cross-country, there is a benefit. You know, last year Utah had a flight issue. They didn't get out of here until Sunday night after the Saturday night game. Um, if we played on Thursday, uh, hopefully that would alleviate any of those stresses if we had any flight issues. I don't know if this is being asked tongue-in-cheek or not, but uh, is 45 years of age too old to start working at UAA with no athletic administration experience? (laughs) You know, we probably have some people who have done that, I'm guessing, through the years. So never too early, never too late. Okay. Um, I want to get back to the football scheduling, Scott. Um, Walk me through, for example, everybody wants to know, is it going to be a pod system? And if it is, you know, how many teams in the pod, who would Florida's permanent opponents be? How is exactly... Is that decided? Well, we have not even crossed that part of it yet I as a league. Okay. Um, and I don't think it'll be a pod from the standpoint of there'll be a group of teams that all play one another. Uh, if we go the, the nine-game model that has three permanents, every school's three permanents could be, will be different. And um, beyond Georgia being one of Florida's permanents, I don't know that there's um, any certainty right now on who the other two would be. I think they're going to try to – to balance based on historical success, um, you know, to, to make sure that someone doesn't have, you know, three traditional powers as their permanence, try to balance that a little bit. Um, here's, the, here's the other part of it, though. Everyone has the, under, has the mindset that the permanents are really important, and, and they are. I'm not, I'm not dismissing it. But they're going to be so much less important going forward because right now when we basically have an eight-game schedule, we have seven permanent opponents when you count the East Division opponents plus LSU. So seven of our eight are permanent right now. We're going to have a nine-game schedule with three permanents, which means in a four-year period you're going to see every team in the league two times. So it's, it's the, uh, the variation of how many times you'll see your permanents versus your non-permanents is not going to be near as pronounced and severe um, as, as it is was in the past or has been in the past which is obviously going to be a huge positive all right come on scott's here you got questions for me he's here another uh maybe 25 minutes or so andrew's got a question he says can we stop playing miami ucf and fsu since our schedule is brutal i'm assuming (laughs) it's football i'm I'm assuming it's football yeah uh you know we we've got i think two games with miami scheduled going forward and nothing beyond that we have uh three games over a nine-year period with ucf um, so there's, I don't, you know, th- that doesn't seem too overly uh, problematic. Uh, just I think playing some local, some in-state schools like that periodically is good. FSU is the one I, in my estimation, will continue to play on an annual basis just because of the, the traditional nature of that rivalry. Carl wants to know in an email: Are any of the games that you scheduled out, Scott, like later on, have any of those been affected at all? They have not up to this point. If we end up with a nine-game schedule, uh, we're probably going to have to move some around. I hope not to cancel any, but we may have to push some further out just because we will be overbooked. Wow. We have some years already where we have four non-conference games on our schedule, and if we end up going to nine conference games, we'll have to offload some into future years. Yeah. I always ask you this when you're here because it's an ongoing thing with you in terms of facilities. We also, we all, we've seen some of the improvements made. What's sort of the next things on the list? Um, obviously, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and I've, talk, we've, mm-hmm. I've been out here before. That is going to be by far 
the most ambitious facility project that uh, not only the University of Florida has ever done from an athletic standpoint, but it, it might be uh, the biggest in, in SEC history, maybe even as big as any nationally. It's, it's going to be, uh, my guess is, to fully renovate uh, the swamp, you're looking at a, a few hundred million dollars. Wow. And so, um, you know, that's that takes a lot of planning and a lot of careful thought. Um, we've we've uh, we've done two separate studies, kind of an initial renovation study. We've dug in a little bit more. We've just wrapped up a second study. Uh, it's perfect timing because now with uh, uh, President Sass here on campus, uh, get him involved in that conversation and. Um, then we got to figure out how you how you finance something that is that significant, um, because this is you know it's not going to be a, a new coat of paint and and a couple new video boards. It's going to be all of that plus significant uh, structural renovations, uh, and and you know really what you want to do is you want to make sure the Ben Hill Griffin Stadium uh, extends its, its uh, useful life for several generations, right? Not not a ten or fifteen year fix, but a you know seventy five year fix. So uh, that's that's a long way of saying that has kind of dominated the the facility conversation. There are some some other um, things that that we'll look at as part of that. Uh, you know, we have a a large weight room in the south end zone of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Uh, ideally, we would repurpose that space. Uh, for for stadium usage, and if that's the case, then we need to build a weight room somewhere else. We obviously have the 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 uh, weight room in the new Hebner Football Center. Uh, there's a weight room in the uh, uh, basketball training uh, practice uh, facility. Uh, we need a right now. A lot of our Olympic sports are using the one in Ben Hill Griffin. Uh, we would need an Olympic uh, weight room, Olympic sport weight room. So there's projects like that that are going to be tied in some way to what we do at the Swamp. Um, you know, we have 180,000 square foot of office space housed in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. UAA uses about half of it. The university uses the other half. Um, some of those spaces probably need to be, our hope is to repurpose them for game day usage. Uh, if that's the case, then we've got to figure out where to relocate a bunch of offices. And so there's a lot of, of tethers to that, that as we start, uh, as you start looking at a, at a facility that is that large, that comprehensive, and, and has the age on it that it does. There's a lot of moving parts. There's some stuff that I hope we can do early on to kind of kickstart it, whether it's, uh, you know, video boards or, or lights or audio or things, just kind of get the ball rolling. But uh, we have a pretty comprehensive long-term vision where we want that to be, and, and we want it to be, you know, the iconic football stadium that everybody thinks of that's, on you know, that's better than ever and it's going to be around for a long, long time. Okay, got a call for you here. Greg, hello. Hey, thanks for coming in, Scott and Steve. Enjoy the show always when AD comes in. And, Scott, for you, I just personally have a, a – well, first of all, thank you for all the work you do. But, secondly, I asked Steve this about a couple of weeks ago. But shoot, it might have been a month as fast as time's going. But it was a, in regards to hiring up-and-coming coaches at Florida, the tendency has been, and I get it, we've been very fortunate, and I'd use the word blessed, with Coach Spurrier, with even Urban Meyer, who, you know, a lot of people had heard of him. And, of course, you know, we went to Will Muschamp, which a lot of SEC folks knew. But more specifically for me, Scott, as, the AD, uh, as being AD, is you're hiring uh, young and up-and-coming coaches in basketball for the men's basketball program. I don't think we're ever going to strike gold again like we did, as I say, we Gator fans, as a uh, you know, as, as well as we did with Billy D. I just can't see that happening. I mean, that was like a once-in-a-million-lifetime in a kind of thing. And it just seems like you guys are trying to, to find that new up-and-coming guy instead of just trying to hire an established a men's basketball coach 
no disrespect or indictment against Todd Golden. I, th- I just don't think he has enough players right now, uh, successful players, uh, to make a run at the tournament this year. I've, I, I've accepted that. But I was just curious as to why you guys try to find the young and up-and-coming one as opposed to hiring a new or rather an older, more established coach, especially in basketball. And I'll listen off here and thanks for all you guys do. Go Gators. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Well, one thing, when we're going through the hiring process, we don't come up with a list and one list is established and one list is up-and-coming. We we come up with uh, people we think that, you know, we want people going to come here going to be here for a while. And for the next 10, 15 years – who is the person who we think has the best chance of being successful in leading the Gators to championships? So I understand that past performance sometimes can, can help understand uh, where someone can go. Uh, a lot of times coaches who have been out there for a while, um, they've, they kind of have revealed what their ceiling is. And uh, they may have a high floor, but they, their ceiling may not be very high. And you, we could go down that path. I, I just prefer to – to go and hire the coach that I think has a high ceiling and someone who's going to fit in that's going to be a, a fit from a cultural standpoint, it's going to be able to relate to people uh, that's really bright and smart because I think smart people figure things out and adapt and learn. And um, so that's it, – it's not a uh, we're going to exclude all established coaches. Is let's go find someone that can come in here and, and help the Gators be really, really good. And, you know, we all aspire to win championships. Um, there are a lot of coaches out there who are – who are quote-unquote established uh, that could come in and, and probably, because we've heard their name before, give people a sense of comfort, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win championships. Okay, we'll take a break. One more segment with Scott, 1229 Time Check, brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. The flagship of the Florida Gators, ESPN, 98.1 FM, at 850 AM, WRUF. Get ready for International Diamond Center's largest bridal event ever with a head-to-head matchup of the nation's two most acclaimed ring designers, Takori and Viraggio. It's next weekend, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. For the first time ever, IDC's flying in the entire collections from these iconic designers. All the newest creations with special cash incentives and long-term zero-interest financing. There has never been a better time to get the ring of your dreams. These are the best of the best in stunning handcrafted bridal jewelry. Takori from California with its signature crescent design. And Viraggio from New York with its distinctive, unique look unlike any other. Compare these spectacular rings side by side. And if you buy the ring and the matching band during this event, IDC will give you $1,500 towards your purchase. Plus, we're opening up the vault with thousands of GIA and Forevermark diamonds to choose from. And exceptional prices for this three-day buying opportunity. Don't miss the two most sought-after designers, Takori and Viraggio, coming together on the IDC stage for three incredible days. March 3rd through 5th. With special incentives and zero-interest financing. International Diamond Center at Celebration Point. The springtime weather couldn't have come at a better time because now's the time for the Polaris of Gainesville inventory clearance sale where you can save hundreds, even thousands on tracker boats and Polaris off-road vehicles. Enjoy the great outdoors with family and friends in the beautiful springtime air. For bass fishermen, they're biting now and those bass just love being hooked by tracker brand boaters. At Polaris of Gainesville, the 2023s are here and the 2022s must go now. Take advantage of interest rates as low as 4.99% and rebates up to $6,000. Plus, get $500 trading credit with select Polaris models and payments under $99 per month on youth models. Now is the time. Polaris of Gainesville is the place. For the inventory clearance sale, US 441 between Gainesville and Alachua. Online at PolarisofGainesville.com. Rebates and incentives on specific models. See Polaris of Gainesville for details. Interest rates are determined by lender with approved credit. 
When it comes to taking care of your acreage, don't mess around. Toro's zero-turn mowers cut big yards down to size in less time, so you can spend more time hunting, fishing, or just enjoying the day. Built with comfort-enhancing, productivity-boosting features like MyRide suspension that takes the ache out of acreage, massive rear-drive tires for ultimate traction, and ultra-durable Ironforge cutting decks you can rely on for years to come. Bowl through anything that dares get in your way. Toro, count on it. Visit toro.com slash zero-turn to find yours. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. A warming trend that started yesterday continues this afternoon with highs climbing into the upper 70s to 80 in most spots with a mix of sun and clouds. Tonight, temperatures fall into the middle 50s. There is potential for some patchy fog, especially after midnight. Otherwise, we'll see plenty of sunshine for the day Tuesday. Highs in the low 80s likely. Mid 80s are possible by the time we head into the middle of the week. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Justin Ballard. And now, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. There are guys who love everything about it. There are other guys who are just good at it. Ben Simmons just strikes me as somebody who was good at basketball but didn't love basketball. A lot of guys will get to the league and then all of a sudden they relax a little bit. That's when you really got to put in the time. And that's what KD does. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings at 9 right here on WRUF. This is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gators head baseball coach Kevin O'Sullivan, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Final segment here with the Gator Athletic Director Scott Strickland, 392-8255. You can email uh, Russell at WRUF.com. Okay, Sam says, uh, why uh, every beginning of the year we don't get to see the softball team on TV? The first five to eight games were never televised. We get into the conference. Just curious why this happens. Well, um, they usually start the first weekend on the road. They were down in Tampa last week, and, and obviously we don't um, have access. Uh, we don't have those broadcast streaming rights. For, for games on our, on our campus. And then uh, when we host a tournament, uh, it is, especially if we have other events going on on campus like we did with baseball this weekend, it's really hard because the game times are so fluid and it's really hard to do all the things. It's a lot more uh, um, challenging from a, uh, uh, to do every single game of a tournament. And so it's just, that creates its own set of issues there. Uh, the good news is every home game the rest of this year will be streamed live on uh, for Gator softball and Gator baseball. And since, you know, uh, this weekend, I know we're going out to a tournament in California, softball is. I think it's on Flow Sports, which um, I do not subscribe to. I don't know how many people do. But obviously every SEC game should be streamed the rest of the way, home or away. Okay, got a bunch of emails. We'll try to get to them. James says, with upcoming renovations at the Swamp, any potential of losing the ability to play a football season at home during construction – has UA looked into alternate locations for a new football stadium or around campus? The goal would be to not uh, take any games away from Gainesville that, that we don't have to. I think it's so important for our local community, uh, the businesses, our campus, uh, recruiting, bringing you know, uh, you know, potential student athletes on campus or a home game. Uh, doesn't mean we may not be playing through construction um, at some point or, or have you know seating maybe adjusted temporarily, but the hope would be whatever we end up doing, we can 
play every home game in Gainesville. Steven says, with the latest SEC swimming championships, our number of SEC sports championships is unreal. Could we see an updated list of our huge lead over the other schools? Yeah, we need to get that out. In fact, I have a note here that uh, we're over 250, I think it's 258 uh, SEC championships now with the two men's and women's swimming and diving championships over the weekend. Uh, I will get with our marketing staff and we'll get that put out on social media. That's a fun little chart to look at. Uh, Andrew says, will Saturdays be pretty similar with the Oklahoma and Texas added? Anything going to change with the SEC Network ESPN? Can't wait for all the games on Saturdays. It, you know what? There's going to be a, a, a nuance, and I don't have time to go into it because it doesn't affect here. It'll start in 24. But we are going to know, fans are going to know by June every year, uh, basically most of your game times for the most part. Not all of them. There'll be some games that can be flexed, but you'll know every game that's going to be in that early window. You'll know before by June. You'll know what those when the, what games are going to be in that early window, that noon Eastern window. Uh, you'll have some afternoon and evening windows selected. You may not have a time. Uh, for instance, we may not know if it's a seven o'clock or seven thirty kick, but you'll know it's going to be in prime time or it's going to be mid afternoon game. And so uh, that's one thing that our league worked really hard with ESPN, ABC on doing the new deal that takes. That re, where ABC replaces CBS on that that uh, three thirty window, it's going to give us a lot more flexibility to go ahead and uh, give fans an idea of what their start times is. More start times for more games earlier, so people can make plans. Tony says golf would make a billion dollars if they sold gear with the old swinging gator logo. What's the holdup on selling to the commoners? You know, <laughs> there's there's some uh, that's made its way out into uh, public channels. I, I think they sold some the week of the Gator Invitational a couple weeks ago, and they, they went pretty quickly. And uh, that is a, uh, a specialty logo. It's not a primary mark. My guess is you'll start to see uh, some select inventory leaking out. Uh, it, it's something that, you know, we don't want to be the dominant. The Gator head is our dominant logo. We have a lot of logos. It's a really cool mark, and there will be some other opportunities going down the road for fans to buy some. Daniel says uh – He's a season ticket holder to the Champions Club. He can't take his daughter with him as she's entering the age as a recruitable athlete. I noticed signs stating that last season. Um, I believe he can bring her. Uh, if you know, if there's a family relationship, I think we can make that work. And if he wants to reach out to our compliance office, we can make sure that that gets taken care of. Okay, Daniel. Hope you heard that. Um, BB says, "Does that Big Ten?" Seven billion dollar contract in theory mean those schools have roughly greater than four billion more money than the SEC schools, resulting in the SEC becoming less competitive unless the money differential is made up elsewhere. Yeah, so there, the Big Ten was going to have a an advantage over the SEC in the near term once their deal kicks in. Uh, the SEC deal that starts in twenty four will kick in with when Texas No You join. Um, will close that gap, uh, I think, pretty substantially. And so they, they may the Big Ten may be a little bit ahead of us after that, um, but I don't think it will be a significant number. Uh, those two leagues will have a significant revenue gap relative to the other leagues, the other power In the short leagues. term? Well, no, even going forward, oh, okay. Big Ten and SEC, Big Ten will have a small gap on the SEC. I think those two will have a significant gap compared to all the others. Gotcha. Uh, John on the phone with us. Hi, John. Hey, um, Scott, you were just talking about what I wanted to talk about. 
So when Texas and Oklahoma come into the league, is the TV revenue going to bump up or are we going to be under an old contract and, and actually everyone will be making less money for a little while? No, part of, uh, part of the SEC's agreement with uh, Disney, which is ABC and ESPN, is that if, we, if our league added teams like an OU or Texas, that uh, the, the pie would grow substantially enough to where no one had to take a haircut when they divvied it up <laughs> by two more shares. Okay, wow, that was, that was pretty uh, smart thinking. Um, very, very, very smart thinking. Um, second question I wanted to ask you real quick is um, on the um, on softball, the softball stadium. What what was done? Was it it was five million dollars? Is that what was spent? Something it's actually like closer to fifteen million to created that 15. the team the team building and the new uh, press box area and expanded the seating and the berm and the three sixty concourse and the new concessions and restrooms and all that. Okay, because I heard someone say that. A lot of times, you know, the the high-end seats, people don't show up, and therefore the crowd is reduced. Do you guys stop people from coming in? Like, is there a count Uh, people in the stadium? Yeah, I mean, that may have happened once or twice since we've opened the expanded stadium. It's, it's, I mean, it's only whenever the general admissions berm and and standing room areas are, are crowded to, you know, where adding more people would make it dangerous. But that is really unusual. Um, one thing that, that fans may have noticed if they were out there this weekend or, or last week is the, the brand-new video board at softball, which is a significant improvement from size sure and clarity is. over what was there before. So, again, a facility we continue to invest in out there at Presley Stadium. And real quick, okay. I have a back. Thanks, uh, John. Thanks, John. Uh, on the swinging gator, um, there's actually some swinging gator gear at the Fanatics Gator Store online. Uh, just go into the search box and, and type in Swinging Gator to look for it. See that? Okay. Uh, I had a question during the show, Scott, and I wrote it down so I remember to ask you. Somebody had said, uh, is there still a sharing uh, a capability with fans? In other words, if, if you have a ticket and you can't go to baseball, you can't go to softball, uh, you know, it, instead of seeing an empty seat, can that seat be shared? There... Um, you know, obviously, everything being digital now, people tend to share uh, with their own friends. I don't think we have like a a, uh, a swap or something. Yeah, a central yeah. marketplace where that occurs naturally. Uh, but the having everything digital, where you can you know text tickets to somebody, uh, has seemed to uh, provided a lot more tickets being used more regularly. Last one, Mike. Uh, talks about Colin Castle and what he's done here. And he asks, he says, we should uh, retire his jersey. So I'll, I, maybe what goes into that? What goes into deciding if a jersey is retired? You know, we really don't have a mechanism to retire jerseys. And, and the example of that is Coach Spurrier. You know, Coach Spurrier had his jersey retired. And when he came back as a coach, uh, he unretired his jersey, and I, which I think really sets a, a great tone. Um, you know, when when someone as special as Steve Spurrier doesn't, you know, unretires his own jersey, it's going to be hard for us to go back and retire someone else's jersey. But, uh, you know, your point about Colin being a really special part of our program the last three years, uh, great player, great competitor. I, you know, I I I don't know that there was, uh, you know, more than maybe one or two players that could even put their name in the hat as far as having the impact in their team in our league this year the way Colin did for the Gators. 
Um, just really proud of him, proud of the contribution he's made, and, and um, yeah, he's, he's a special guy and a special gator. Okay, we'll get one last call here for you real quick. But, um, you know, all the years you've come here and Jeremy came here, I don't think I've ever asked this question in this way, and I mean it kind of tongue-in-cheek. What in athletics keeps you awake at night, if anything? I mean, is there an issue? Is there something you just kind of go, I wish this would get fixed or I wish this would do better? Is there anything like that for you? You know, this uh, this whole uh, what the current college model or what the future college model of college athletics needs to be is one that is uh, is really tricky because there's so many moving. We could spend another whole hour yeah. just breaking down, uh, you know, the the questions about pay for play or revenue share or employment status or unionization or what that does from a Title IX standpoint or the future of Olympic sports. And, and there's just a lot. That, that's just scratching the surface. It goes so much deeper. Um, I don't know if I if there's ever been a time in the last, you know, 75 years of college athletics where there's been so much um, unknown about what, what's going to happen next. And so that's, you know, we, we want to – invest in a football stadium we want to make investments into olympic sports and and you know look at how we continue to uh, continue to provide championship experience with integrity in the back of your mind there's this little you know voice saying uh, well what is it all going to look like and so uh, the one thing i do know is the gators are going to be really well positioned for whatever that is uh, but there is there is a bit of of um, we're going th- we've gone through a period of dynamic change and it doesn't seem to be over just yet okay uh nick gotta make it quick go ahead sir Hey, real quick, Scott, uh, this is Nick. I play basketball at, down at MLK sometimes, and we could use some quality basketballs. Can we request some used basketballs from you guys? Thank you. Go Gators. I don't know how to respond to that. Thanks, Thanks, to end. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what we do with our with our used basketballs, but I'll find that out. Okay. Scott, appreciate you being here as always. Thank you. Uh, that's the Gator Athletic Director Scott Strickland here with us. 1246 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. We'll open up the phone lines, take your questions, calls, and comments on Sports Scene ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Victoria Alves. Lots of boys high school basketball continuing tomorrow night as they head into their regional finals. Games will include Newberry and Hawthorne, Wildwood takes on Williston, and Santa Fe plays Coco. Up next, it has definitely been an eventful weekend for Florida Gator sports. Gators baseball opened up their season strong as they won all three of their opening games. In Gators softball, they're now on a 10-game winning streak as they continue dominating the pitch everywhere they go. And lastly, for the first time since 1993, the Gators left the pool on Saturday night holding the SEC trophy for both men's and women's swimming and diving. This win marks the 44th SEC championship in program history. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Victoria Alves. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Everyone's talking about regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. They use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, you need to call QC Kinetics. 
Don't assume that steroids and surgery are your only options. Times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. Stop taking the pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative that pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain. Spring's coming, and you want to enjoy all life has to offer. Call QC Kinetics now and get a free consultation with local medical professionals. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. When Daphne and I got married, and I've had so many problems with my teeth over the years, she just guided me right in here, and and, uh, they are truly wonderful. There was absolutely no one else to go to but Exceptional Dentistry for him. No one else. Since I had had my teeth worked on in so many different places in the world and so many things done, I had about two-thirds of my teeth were bad. Plus, I had a couple plates, so he removed all my teeth and put in implants. So, brand new again. This is, this is more like having my teeth back again. It, life is pretty normal. They're the best. That's it. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. People who come to Cricket stay with Cricket, just like our customer, Michelle. As an entrepreneur, every day is different. My phone bill from Cricket, on the other hand, always stays the same. Without surprises, hidden fees, or annual contracts, I can work worry-free. That's Michelle, everybody, doing business like a boss. Smile, you're on Cricket. Real customer paid for testimonial. See CricutWireless.com for details. At Charmin, we heard you shouldn't talk about going to the bathroom in public, so we decided to sing about it. When you're rolling Charmin, don't you stop on the party. This is most of roll it back, everybody. Charmin's irresistible soft and hella nice. My crap is always sucked. It's our party vibe. She's Ultra Soft is irresistibly soft and more absorbent, so you can use less. Enjoy the go with Charmin. Three people you should be 100% certain about. Your barber, your plumber, and your tax pro. Switch to Jackson Hewitt and you can be 100% certain about your taxes. We'll get you your maximum refund guaranteed and we'll back your return for life. Don't be kind of certain or almost certain. Be 100% certain. Switch to Jackson Hewitt today and get 50% off tax prep. Limited time offer for new clients filing at participating locations. Max value $200. Visit jacksonhewitt.com slash 50 for terms. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Jacksonville area attorneys. Offices in Jacksonville and by appointment only in Ponte Vedra Beach. Online at CordellCordell.com. Lisa Cargis, Florida resident partner. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Coming in March, the NCAA tournament and the Final Four. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell. 
here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. Okay, we will open up the phone lines for you and the email as well here. 392-8255. You can email srussell at WRUF.com. First of all, uh, what a weekend for Gator softball, for Gator baseball, and how about swimming? Anthony Nesty's teams winning SEC championships, both men and women. That doesn't happen very often. The men have won 11 straight SEC championships in swimming. That's pretty good. Um, softball continues to dominate. Now, they'll get some competition this weekend. They go to a tournament out in California. Uh, baseball certainly uh, did very well. They've got South Florida coming up here, and that'll take place tomorrow in Tampa. And then Wednesday, uh, they'll return the favor. Hope to talk to Coach Mull tomorrow uh, if he's willing to do it um, from South Florida. He doesn't do interviews sometimes, but we're, we're trying. Um, and then uh, we'll see about getting uh, Cincinnati's coach on here uh, over the weekend. But uh, if you went to the games or your thoughts about them, uh, anything else you want to bring up, you certainly can. Hoops as well. Want to hear from you. Uh, there's some uh, boys high school hoops coming up, uh, and we're going to have a lot of that happening as well. We'll get some of the coaches here who are still in action. R.W., hello. I think I have to walk through the station. Uh, I don't like the Rolling Stones as much as you do. Matter of fact, I've seen them eight times, I think. But all's good with what you're doing, except you're playing a song that the Georgia band plays. And that, I think that's inappropriate for a Gator show. But you need to get rid of Paint It Black and maybe get Gimme Shelter or something to replace it. That's why you called. That is why I called. This is a sports show. I know. Okay. Well, thank you, RW. When I want you to pick up my music, I'll let you know. But thank you for that. Uh, on that note, 392-8255, you can, 8255, you can email uh, S. Russell at WRF. That, that song will continue, by the way, until we retire it. William says, it's early, but stay with me for a moment. Brandon Sprott looked good on Friday, but free passes via the walk or hit by pitch continue to be an issue and one that's plagued him his entire career. Those are two items, especially on Friday in league play, that'll kill you when runs are at a premium. Are we supposed to believe they can fix those issues this year when they've been an issue his entire career? Feels like Cags or Waldrip are better fits for Friday. Would love to know your thoughts here. Um, he does have uh, lapses, if you want, you know, eight, ten pitches where, you know, he seems to not find the strike zone, but he recovers from it. Um, I don't know that I would change anything at this point. I think you let that play out. Um, now, is Charleston Southern, you know, an SEC team? Of course not. And you don't want to see that, but too early, I think, William. I see the point. Um, I think if that continues, it might be something, you know, that maybe they would look at. Um, but I guess we'll see. Aaron says, tough weekend for UF. Don't think this team deserves an NCA or NIT bid. Why not? Why not? Uh, if you heard hoop, there it is earlier. Mark Wise was spot on. The hope is this team does go to the NIT, this team. You don't want to make that uh, something you do every year because the coach won't be around. 
But for this group to get there in the first year, to get to some kind of postseason tournament, I think it's important. Why not? I, I think fans, and I understand this, when fans talk about the NIT, they see that as something just awful. And, and I agree, you don't want to be there all the time. But for this group, yes. Um, he says, UF simply doesn't have enough talent with a handful of players coming back next year at best. We'll find out what the future holds for UF in that if Golden can land some big-time players. Th- that's with any coach. I agree, Aaron. That's what he's going to get, in part, paid for, right? Player acquisition in this day and age is part of what it's all about. And that's going to have to happen. But, you know, name me a team. I mean, there's some teams that could, for example, if Purdue lost their big man for the year, would they still be a tournament team? Probably but it would certainly affect them, right? So, again, you look at Florida in the Arkansas game, 4 of 21 from beyond the arc. They, they've got, they did great at the foul line, and they were severely out-rebounded. Well, that makes sense, too. So, and look, I believe I'm right. Didn't Arkansas make like two threes? I think that's all they made. Now, they didn't take many. So what happened? They shot the ball better. Arkansas had 17 turnovers in that game. Florida only had 10. So there were positive things. But Florida has is going to have a difficult time defending in the paint. And that's no disrespect to Jatobo or anybody else. That's just the reality. And now... Now, with Florida being 14 and 13 and Castleton out, there won't be, there'll be very little interest in basketball now. The Gator women put up, I, I tell you what, they put up 80, well, they put 79 points yesterday against the fifth best team in the country. If you'd have told me that before the start of the game, I would have thought Florida had a chance. And they were beaten by 11. They gave up 90. So, for, for basketball fans this year, been a difficult year. And year two is going to be an important year. Let's face it. And Kelly Ray Finley, who did such a nice job last year getting your team to the NCAA tournament, guess what? They're probably not going to go now. Next year becomes an important year. And when you get Kim Mulkey in the league, look what's happened to Baylor since she left. They're not the same. Coach does make a difference. That's our first hour. Hour two coming up. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Mary on Demand is live. Start your marijuana education journey today and learn more with Mary on Demand. Take the self-guided education series at your own pace. You'll decide what you'd like to learn and when. Visit mary.famu.edu to learn more. That's M-M-E-R-I dot F-A-M-U dot E-D-U. Mary, educate, learn, talk. Breaky Lane here from Lane's Yardware in Williston. Chilly days won't last forever. Soon your grass will be growing fast again. So get ready with a new Gravely zero-turn mower or a piece of the number one selling steel equipment. Blower, trimmer, edgers, whatever you need to keep your American yard looking great all winter. We are proud of those who serve and always offer discounts for our military veterans. Come see us at Lane's Yardware in Williston and on the web at lanesyardware.com. Chase loves soccer. I'm Chase Greer and I'm 12 years old. And his dream is to turn pro. That's why Chase and his family make sure he's always having fun and squeezing out his best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay, buddy, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze fruit-on-the-go pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. That's my boy! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out the best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports, have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Hour 2 of Sports Scene commencing now. Sam Potosa, our producer today. Hope you had a chance to hear Hoop There It Is with Mark Wise today. We will take your phone calls, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. But... Uh, we've been looking at uh, both girls and boys high school basketball teams in the area still alive in the playoffs. One of those teams is Hawthorne's boys team. A regional final coming up tomorrow, and Greg Bowie, the Hawthorne coach, joins us now. Greg, good to have you back, man. How are you? Hey, Steve. How's it going? That's good. Uh, Let's talk about last game out. I always try to do that. Greg, what'd you like? What'd you see? Uh, We got out to a fast start uh, against here. You know, we played them early in the season, and we beat them by one in overtime. And like I said, they had a really good guard that went for 35. And uh, the last game, we held him to nine points. So we did a really good job on him. Did it help to have played them one time, you know, when you saw the guy that scored 35? Did it help to have seen them one time to figure out what to do the second time? Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, we we played them, tried to play them straight up the first time because – I didn't know much about them, but after playing them and being able to go back and watch that film again, it, it definitely helped, helped us prepare to play them the second time. Well, speaking about playing somebody you know, Newberry, right? You've you've had them as well. Old Two old rivals go at it again. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always going to be a, a wild one when we 
hook up with Newberry. Uh, we we badly squeezed by him in the district championship game. Uh, hit a shot at the buzzer, and uh, you know, and it, it was a great game. What uh, I don't want to say. Pro- what, what what does Newberry present uh, to you uh, as you watch them play in terms of what you guys do? They they play a very challenging three two zone. Um, they, they have some length. The guys are, are quick and athletic, and you know even though we know it's a zone, but you know they're they're able to close out on shots. They squeeze the middle, and, and it seems like they have all parts of the floor covered. So you know you either have to be shooting well, or you you have to try to get a lot of points in transition because if you think you're just gonna you know score consistently against that. 3-2 in the way they play it, you know, now nah, you, you got to do something else. Uh, I, I would guess not a lot of teams play a 3-2, but you've had a chance to play Newberry, I think, because uh, you played them the first time, as you mentioned. Does that does that help seeing that before? It does. It does. Uh, we we try to uh, target some of the areas where, where it might be a little vulnerable at, and, you know, we, we've gone over that. But uh, definitely seeing it first and seeing the personnel, you know, who plays where, also gives us a better view of it. Um, from the beginning of the year to now, we've talked, when you've been here before, about, you know, some of the kids playing football, getting a late start, you know, not playing as many games. What's changed for you and your team from the beginning of the year to now? Well, I mean, now knowing, you know, uh, that if you lose, you're done, and any kind of ball player, if you have any kind of competitive edge, then that kind of overtakes whatever you may be lacking. The only thing that matters now is I don't want to lose and I'm not ready for the season to be over. So, yeah, we missed out on some early season stuff. Now it's just guys wanting to win. And, and sometimes the, the will to win will make up for the lack of other things. I don't think I've ever asked you this this year, Greg. What's the strength of your team right now? Uh, unselfish. This is a, a, a very unselfish team. Uh, coming in, uh, you know, CJ had uh, the most varsity experience because you know he played young. But again, the core the core of my guys are sophomores, and you know, all of them they actually deal with each other. They're they're good friends on and off the floor. So them sharing the ball and them playing for each other, I think what what kind of makes us go. You know, so a very unselfish group. Um, are you home tomorrow? No, we're at Newberry. Okay. We're at Newberry. They, they're still the uh, number one seed. Top seed, so yep. We have to travel to them. Okay. Well, good luck tomorrow. And that should be a heck of a game when these two teams meet. The rivalry is a really solid one of the good ones. So always appreciate your time, Greg. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Steve. You got it, Greg. Done a good job at Hawthorne. Greg Bowie, the uh, boys' basketball coach there. Um, all right. Until we get two more coaches later on uh, in the show. We will open the phone lines for you, 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com as uh, Sam produces the broadcast today. Um, I'm going to bring something up here. First, Sam, did you watch any of the NBA All-Star game? I actually did not. I was studying last night, but I did watch the skills competition. Okay. Uh, I did not watch more than 20 seconds of it. Because when the score is 184 to 175, it's not a game. It's just not a game. And the NBA is now, in my opinion, getting into territory that the NFL was in. 
Like, why? Now, the, the dude that won the dunk contest was in the G League, right? Well, I mentioned this like 10 years ago, and I, and I more than ever think this should happen in the NBA right now. Ready for this? All-Star Game weekend, play one-on-one. Play one-on-one. Who wouldn't love to see LeBron go up against Giannis? Or, I mean, something of that nature. I mean, try to make it, you know, guard to guard. But what if a big man had to cover a guard, right? Wouldn't, because it's just like baseball, right? No one in the baseball all-star game, if you're pitching, gives, gives half effort. Because they're going to get embarrassed, right? In the NBA all-star game, you can have half effort because everybody else is. Well, if you went one-on-one and you got schooled by somebody, you're going to give effort and make it a tournament. I, I, Commissioner, are you listening? I think it's a, I thought it was a good idea 10 years ago. I think it's even a better idea now. Let's take some calls. PG, hello. Hey, man. Um, really encouraged. And again, just last all but went to the Gator baseball games over the weekend, and I know it's Charleston Southern. They weren't, I don't, I don't think they're horrible. A lot of new faces. So really know how to, you know, project based off of that. But I thought the lineup, or I think the lineup has a chance to be pretty long. I uh, thought last year they had a shot that was pretty good, but I think this year, even without Thompson, some of those young guys look pretty good at the plate. Um, and, and then, you know, the mainstays are strong. The thing that, that kind of, I don't know if it bothers me, because I, I agree with the mercy rule when you're younger, but I, I don't know how you, did you ask Sully, or maybe you kind of got the take from Sully, but like, you know, I feel like, like the bullpen arms didn't get some innings, you know, and some young guys didn't get some at-bats. How do you think he feels about that when they're getting into the games early like that? I think it's a two-edged sword. I mean, in in talking to him, uh, he's had a wait-and-see attitude with a lot of this, a lot of the changes. And I think that's what most coaches, PG, are going to look at now is wait and see. But I can see your point, and I can can also see, uh, you know, it's a long year. Uh, but look, in mop-up duty, you usually only use arms that don't pitch a lot, right? So I get it. I think it's more about length of game than anything else. Because, again, research shows fans want to see a shorter game and don't want to watch a game that's you know 21-2 to two in the eighth inning. That's, that's yeah. the crux of this. No, and, and I get that. I just... I just feel like there's probably three-plus uh, three arms that didn't get a shot. You know, if my kid was you know, deep on the bench and a young guy, I mean, that added everything. So and how much do you really get your feelings hurt in college? I mean, maybe it happens, but it's, you know, it's a little different. They, they did get a little out of hand, I'll give them that. But uh, sw- switching over, last thing I wanted to uh, talk to you about. So I, I agreed with you in the past. Like, if this was – pre-NIL, pre-no-skin-out transfer, going to the NIT is important. You know, you want to see those guys go there and get experience. And I I do think the coach, I think Golden, you know, and the guys that will be here next year, which I don't know, I think the whole basketball, not the whole team, but a a large chunk is going to be, you know, overturned. So, I mean, other than Golden and those few guys and and me getting to watch a couple more games that are unenthusiastic, if they make the NIT, 
is about it. Because before, you know, you had young guys, you know, when Philly went, you know, before his run, and, and you know, you wanted to see those people develop and, and play in a tournament atmosphere, and one and done. But, you know, does it really matter as much now? Yeah, you, you know? I think it does. I'll tell you why. Would you rather play on a team or root for a team that at least made a postseason tournament as opposed to not making one at all? Well, can you can you be under 500 and make the NIT? I think you can, right? No, I don't think you can. Okay. That's why so I think the little... hope is that they get, you know, they stay above it and can go. Because look, yeah. 5 years from now, 10 years from now, this won't matter. Right? But it does now. And if you're recruiting, again, you don't want to go there. They didn't make an NCAA. They didn't make a tournament. They didn't make the NIT. What do you want to go there for? They're going to rebuild. You don't want to go there. Come here. We already made the NCAA. If, if you're going to transfer, you want to go there and uh, see, see where I'm going? So at least it's something. Yeah, and, and I do think it's important for Coach Goldman. I think he's learning, obviously, some, some things. And hopefully this season he sees what an SEC schedule looks like, what an SEC player looks like. Uh because I think that's going to be invaluable. You know, because you're also in this transfer portal, we've hit on some and obviously haven't done so great on others. And I think as a whole, it's been good, not, I mean, average kind of where they are. But maybe now he's a smart guy. He can see what works here and, and maybe target those guys. So maybe more practices and playing my. So anyway, thank you, Steve. PG, thank you. Tony, I'll get right to you. 113, time check brought to you by Hayes. Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Evan Fleischer. On Tuesday, Hawthorne will line up against a tough Newberry boys basketball team in the Class 1A Regional Final Game. Other regional final games on Tuesday include Wildwood vs. Williston, Santa Fe vs. Coco, and Columbia vs. Booker T. Washington. Also, the 22-6 Gainesville Hurricanes will face a contested 24-1 Oakleaf Knights in the Class 6A regional semifinal game on Tuesday. The Gators softball team has been absolutely crushing it this season, racking up a 10-0 record. On Sunday, the Gators managed a 15-1 win over Central Michigan and a 15-0 win over Delaware State just two hours later. Both games were called after the fifth inning. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Evan Fleischer. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Friends have been telling me for a long time now about my friends at Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville 310, Northeast 39th Avenue. Went by there the other day, and their selection of vehicles is really good. And you know, it struck me too. If you watch now and hear commercials from other car dealers, oh, we have a great selection of used... Well, that they're just kind of getting into the game. Well, it's what Southeast Cardinals has done for 40-plus years. It's the only thing they've done. So they know the business. They know how to get these vehicles. They get the best of the best in these late-model, low-mileage vehicles to their place of business to give you the best variety of selection to choose from. Also, you want to go online? You can see it that way, too, secars.com. Go see them in person over at Northeast 39th Avenue. When you go see him, make sure and tell him Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency.
Get ready for an unprecedented diamond buying opportunity at International Diamond Center. Three days only, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. IDC is opening the vault with the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds ever seen here. And you can buy like a dealer buys. Choose from thousands of GIA and Forevermark diamonds. These are the best of the best. Certified by the world's top gem labs. Ethically sourced and hand-selected for remarkable brilliance. Rare, precious diamonds at prices never seen before. Rounds, princess cuts, emerald cuts, cushion cuts, ovals, from one carat to 20 carat diamonds all on sale it's idc's largest and most aggressive public diamond buying event ever and if that wasn't enough we're offering long-term zero interest financing on any diamond purchase plus for these three days you get extra savings and incentives on all engagement ring mounting including the entire collections from both Takori and viraggio don't miss this amazing opportunity an open to the public multi-million dollar diamond buying event next weekend only march 3rd through 5th and only at international diamond center at celebration point Hi, this is Dr. Luis Rodriguez of Exceptional Dentistry. Hear what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. I first heard of Exceptional Dentistry through family. Our dentist had retired and we were looking for a new dentist and I valued everybody's input from the family. And so they said that it was professional, well done, friendly staff. Uh, they were just so impressed. I would like people to know about Exceptional Dentistry that you can trust them implicitly to do the best job ever. It's not your worry. Put the worry in their hands and then you'll have a great outcome. Let them do their thing. It's a great spot. We recommend them to everybody. This is Dr. Luis Rodriguez and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. Are you still overpaying for a razor in this economy? What's going on? We got inflation, gas prices, overpaying for a razor. Come on. Dollar Shave Club. Yes, they're back. Better than ever. You can get a top shelf shave at a regular shelf price. They've been hawking shave products for years online. Now they're excited to bring you the same great quality, low prices at a store near you. Dollar Shave Club. You can find Dollar Shave Club in the men's razor aisle. Epic razors, epically affordable. Time for new tires? Well, trust the experts at TireRack.com. They've been crushing it for over 40 years. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan. Tell them what you drive and... You can use their easy-to-use decision guide. They'll show you the right tires for how and what and where you drive. They've got the full lineup of Hankook tires, test results, tire ratings, consumer reviews, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, weekday mornings at 6, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. This is Gator Volleyball Head Coach Mary Wise, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. All right, let's get some calls and some emails. We've got them both. Tony will start us. Hi, Tony. Hey, Steve. What's going on, man? Hey. Uh, P- PG kind of took my topic, but uh, I'll uh, take a shot at him anyways. Uh, you know, what you said about the NIT is pretty much the only reason to go to it um, because, let's face it, Steve, in this era of college basketball, when you're changing 60 to 80% of your roster every year, you know, it's going to come down to the coach who could get these different entities from the portal 
maybe uh, try and develop a couple of guys and have these different players just come together and play as a unit for like one particular season. And the coach who could do that is going to be successful. The coach who can't is not going to be successful, yep. regardless of who you are. Probably. I, I agree with um, you. I, and I think the yeah. other thing that fans don't want to hear sometimes, but it's true, coaches have no time to rebuild now. At all, at all. I mean, already criticism of Napier, already criticism of Golden. Well, they haven't even, I mean, that's just how it is now. And I think coaches have to understand that, that that's part of what the landscape, good or bad, is now. Definitely. Steve, let me read to you uh, Jim Schlossnagel, the head coach at Texas A&M. This was his uh, tweet about the uh, clock time. Total joke, only baseball changes the rules every year. Not fair for anyone involved, including umpires, players, and coaches. That was Jim Schwarzenegger tweeting that yesterday yeah. about the new rules. What were uh, your first impressions? <laughs> it didn't really it didn't affect the games at all. Really. At all. At all, yeah. I mean, I, I saw the clock and, you know, but there was nothing where there was a ball called or, you know, there was a penalty called and could we see that down the road? Yeah, I think you're going to see that down the road. And look, do I understand from a coaching standpoint what Schlossnagel would say? Uh, I can tell you this. Sully's not thrilled with it either, and I would bet you most coaches aren't thrilled with it. But Definitely. what I think they're missing here is the fan, right? It. I, I don't know how much attendance is affected by long games because you can always get up and leave if you want to. But that's what this is about. I mean, that if you cut through all the butter here, that's what this is about. It's about shortening games because there's research out there that says, you know, fans are not coming or staying because of the length of games. That's just it. Yeah. The only big issue that I see is after they called it that first time in like the first inning um, on that kid, they never called it again, even though it was violated by like five or ten seconds more. Um, so the only issue that I see is kind of like the Super Bowl with that holding penalty. We all know holding could be called on every single play. Don't call it at the at the very end to prevent like one of the best endings in Super Bowl history. So don't call the clock violation at the College World Series in the ninth inning to walk in the winning run. No, you got to be consistent. That, you know? I'm I'm totally with you there. I agree 100%. Exactly. You've got to be consistent with it, and it shouldn't make any difference if it's the first inning or the eighth inning. You, and, you tell and you tell them that. Look, there's a clock here. You know, if I'm an umpire and I'm just talking to the coaches, look, fellas, I'm not a big fan of this either maybe, but i got to do it, and I'm going to do it because it's what they tell me to do, so I'm going to be consistent with it. Just understand. Well, if you tell me that and I'm consistent with it, I'm okay with that. Definitely. Jack Caglione, first uh, pitching debut in college baseball. Uh, Sully's got to be tickled pink, man. He, he was outstanding. He pounded the strike zone. Sully must have been doing backflips back in the uh, locker room, man. What a performance by Jack. And uh, looking forward to the rest of the season. Steve. All right. Great thank job you, Tony. With you and uh, Costello. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously very pleased and should have been. I mean, if, if, if those guys pitch like that, minimum is going to keep you in, in I mean, you're not going to win them all, but you're going to stay in most games because of that. Total package, hello. Hey, Russ, how you doing? Good. I want to talk about softball and how okay. um, 
I don't know how much you got to see, or I know you were doing baseball the other day, and I got to see one game, and I actually got to go to one game, and so I'm going to kind of comment about that. And I hadn't heard anybody say anything about this, so if they did, I'm sorry. And if they if they didn't, I'd like to have other people's feedback. But the interesting thing was we played two outfielders the whole game. Were you aware of that? No, I, I didn't. I couldn't go, so no. Yeah, so so it, I, we were all kind of shocked. Katie Kistler played left center in, in – um, Falby played right center. They had one ball hit down the right field line, and they only got a double off of it because Falby's pretty fast. Um, but he did it the whole game, so I'm curious to see what he does going forward, if that was specifically for this team or if he's experimenting. And then he put the freshman uh, from California, Katie, I can't remember her last name, she played right near second base, and um, their defense looked really good. I, the only thing I would say, and I don't have Tim here to – I could be totally off, but just what you're telling me is the probability of a player on the other team hitting a ball in the infield as opposed to hitting it to the outfield. Does that make sense? So, in other yeah. words, you're going to play yeah. more infielders because that's where you think that hitter is going to hit the ball with not great power, so it's not going to go to the outfield, so I'm taking my chances on playing more infielders. Right. That's what I, mean, I think is happening. He did it, he did, yeah, he did it the whole game, and at times it wasn't even left center, right center. It would be left field was completely, if they would hit it there, there was nobody there, yeah. which I have no problem with, but I thought, you know, Tim is really forward-thinking, and I, I think he's by far one of our best coaches. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you about was the pitching. Um, to me, from the outside looking in, we don't have a clear number one. Is, am I correct in that? Um, probably. Um, I don't think there's a dominant number one. Exactly. And, and I, th because again, I think Florida's had in the past, you know, dominant arms that we would, would work horse you to death. I don't think they've got that. Now, if I had to guess this high tower would be considered that, but they don't have that, you know, great, great arm that they've had in the past. And somebody that can just strike out. So I think I, I don't know if that if that's going to cause us in the in the end where we can't. You know, obviously we, we're expecting. I think we're all expecting to go to the World Series when you're ranked third and maybe second now. Um, so that's the only thing. And then obviously next, I, I don't want to look forward to next year, but I, I'm going to be lying to you if I if I'm telling you I'm not excited about the next uh, the three players coming in next year to see as well. Um, so. Yeah, great class anyway, coming in, my, no uh, doubt. Yeah, that's my two cents on uh, softball. And um, they they got a lot of interchangeable players he's playing. I mean, what he, like I said, I, I listened to your interview with him, and he, he's not a guy that, you know, hey, I've been here a while. I'm just going to throw out nine players or whatever. And he's not like that. And um, uh, kudos to him. And I hope you can get him on again sometime. Oh, he'll be on. Thank you. He'll be on. Thank you. Uh, D, hang on, get right to you. 127 time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. From the heart of campus and the College of Journalism and Communications on Stadium Road, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. 
Everyone's talking about regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. They use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, you need to call QC Kinetics. Don't assume that steroids and surgery are your only options. Times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. Stop taking the pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative that pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain. Spring's coming, and you want to enjoy all life has to offer. Call QC Kinetics now and get a free consultation with local medical professionals. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. 352-400-4550-QC Kinetics. Florida law requires you to remain at the scene of a crash and to call for help. Leaving the scene is a felony offense that includes losing your license and possible jail time. After a crash, stay at the scene, call for assistance, and wait for first responders to arrive. If you have information on a hit-and-run crash, report it by calling Star FHP or anonymously to Crime Stoppers at Star Star 8477. A message from the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. Gator baseball season is in full swing. And you'll catch every second of the action right here on WRUF. Gator baseball broadcasts are sponsored in part by Auto ER. Auto ER for the life of your car. At Charmin, we heard you shouldn't talk about going to the bathroom in public, so we decided to sing about it. When you roll the Charmin, don't you stop on the party? This is most of Ultrasoft is irresistibly soft and more absorbent, so you can use less. Enjoy the go with Charmin. It's seventh inning stretch time. The first caller right now to 352-392-8255 scores a pair of tickets to the Innings Festival in Tampa, March 18th and 19th. Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, Weezer, and Pitbull, along with baseball legends Wade Boggs, Goose Gossage, Cecil Fielder, Ray Langford, and more. And as always, we thank you for listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. UF Weather Center. Here is your WRUF weather update. A warming trend that started yesterday continues this afternoon with highs climbing into the upper 70s to 80 in most spots with a mix of sun and clouds. Tonight, temperatures fall into the middle 50s. There is a potential for some patchy fog, especially after midnight. Otherwise, we'll see plenty of sunshine for your day Tuesday. Highs in the low 80s likely. Mid 80s are possible by the time we head into the middle of the week. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Justin Ballard. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. You have dogs? Nah, how many dogs? No, the reason I asked is because I was happening to be looking through my phone. Dog was literally licking a baby's face. And, oh, that's so cute. I'm the J. You know what a dog's That's the problem with you. Well, until I recognized that the baby was like six weeks old. The baby's like going to be immune to disease that for the rest like of the year. Old. Old. Dog's mouths are cleanest thing on Whatever. Key, J, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. The WRUF Radio. 
your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gator soccer coach Samantha Bohan, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Get some phone calls here at 392-8255. Email srussell at wruf.com. D, what's up? Hey, Steve. Uh, basketball. Uh, Saturday was no shock, Steve. Uh, you know, other than the LSU game, Steve, I, I, I don't really see the Gators winning another game. Um, I think we saw Saturday and what's to come the rest of the season. Um, you know, just the type of talent you need, you know, to win in this league. And, Obviously, when you lose a guy like that, uh, Castleton, uh, you're going to struggle. And, you know, I know Arkansas has struggled this year, and they kind of underachieved for the talent they have. And I know the, the Smith kid uh, has, has been out with injury. But you, I think you saw it, when, when they can put it all together, uh, they, they can be dangerous because their ceiling is much higher. They have, they have much more talent than we do. I mean, they, uh, the, the point guard, 6'7", he's – He's probably going to be a, a lottery pick in the, in the draft. Uh, if the Smith kid had played the whole year, uh, he'd probably be a lottery pick. I mean, it's just, you know, we don't have – even in this Murray kid, Steve, the guy had scored 24 points the entire year, and all of a sudden he bust out for 20 – was he 27 points? I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, you know, uh, Jimmy Dykes was on the call. He was on Arkansas a lot. He was criticizing him like he was almost their local radio broadcaster. But – like I said, man, some of these teams, man, uh, the the the, the talent the, the talent is just when I look at it, man, it's just o- overwhelming. Well, that is obviously going to be the issue going forward, and I and I, you know, I, I tend to be very simplistic in my thinking sometimes, D, because if you overthink things, it can sometimes get in the way. Florida has to get more talent. But I will say, what you're hiring a guy in the long term, not the short term. How many kids knew Todd Golden? How many? Now, maybe they did from San Francisco. Maybe he recruited. I, I don't know. But I'm just saying he was not a household name. It isn't like, you know, even Musselman was more of a household name than, say, a Todd Golden was. So it's going to take a little time and – Let's say they don't make the they don't make the, the tournament. They don't make any tournament. They don't go to the postseason, right? Well, that's not good, obviously, but it does give you a chance to say you come in here now, you'll play, and you'll turn this thing around. So it's all about recruiting, and it's all about the portal, and it's all about getting wins. Yeah, see, when I, I look at it, I mean, you say I I saw a few positive things. I saw obviously Google continues to uh, impress and improve. And even uh, Simchek, I mean, um, you know, he hit a couple threes. I think he had, uh, you know, six rebounds, eight rebounds. So he, for a guy who hadn't played basically all year, he, he kind of showed you a little something. But, I mean, you got some of these guys on this roster, Steve, that just they're just, they're just dead weight, man. We, you can't have that, man. you gotta have, you got to have nine guys, ten guys that you can probably count on. And, you know, he's, he's, he's got a, a, a major roster overhaul 
to do over the summer, man, because uh, right now I, I just don't see it, man. <laughs> okay, well, I agree. There's If there is not, I mean, there's going to be because of graduation, et cetera, but there's going to be some other guys who I think will leave here too, and that will be a roster overhaul. That's great. That's half the equation. What do you replace him with? That's the other right. half. Yep. Here you go, Steve. All right, D. Appreciate you. Copper Gator, hello. Hey, what's up, Steve? Hey. Um, first thing I want to ask you about, I didn't get to catch the gymnastics meet on Friday with LSU. I see it was our first loss of the season. Were, were you able to recap that today? I, I kind of missed it. And, and did they really, you know, was it a little home cooking there at LSU? I know that seems to always be the case when you go on the road to Baton Rouge. Or, or did, they, did they finally get beat? I did not delve into the uh, – I haven't talked to Jenny. Uh, okay. And I, did, I didn't delve into, you know, did this person miss a routine? Because I think sometimes, you know, part of it's scoring, right, because it's yep. subjective. But sometimes you don't hit a routine. You know, that you're a little bit off here. You're landing. You don't stick a landing or whatever. I don't know. So long answer okay. to a short question, I'm not sure. All right, yeah, because I know that they had the, the longest active SEC winning streak. That'll, that'll be very hard to anybody to ever break, you know, that continuous SEC win streak with them. So, you know, kudos to them for making that. Uh, the, the second thing I wanted to touch base on, Steve, and, and, you know, me, I'm a baseball guy. You know, I try to look at all the positives, but the but – you know, I always seem to try to pinpoint things that you, you're always going to improve. And the two things that I wanted to ask you on was the first, base running seemed to be an issue for certain guys on the field. Do you think that they can work on that a little better in practice, or is that something that's just supposed to be inherent as a college, as a college player? I can tell you, because I've been to practice, they work, on, they work on base running situations, you know, yeah. whatever they are. But, again, you're talking major league players – Screw it up on the bases, right? But I, I yeah, can yeah. I could promise you, they work on those things. Okay, and then the, the second thing is is, in your opinion, does this change the way that Sully manages? And when I say by this, the seven inning run rule, does this change the way Sully manages the back end of a game? You know, in at a, at a courtesy to you know certain teams in certain situations. You don't see a guy like Revere Button in the bottom of the seventh to get on to try to get that tenth run to to maybe save pitching. You know, and this in this game, I know that didn't matter in this weekend series. But does do, do you now start laying the groundwork to teach batters that every bat matters more so than in the past where you might not have been getting you might have been getting extra bats. You're going to lose at bats. You're going to lose innings pitched. You're going to lose RBIs. You're going to lose these situations. Does this change now? Uh, I don't know that it changes, but I think it gets magnified, Copper Gator, in that you don't know how many at-bats you're going to get, right? If, if, if we go up and we lead by 10 after 7, game's done. And I think it also will change the dynamic of the bench because depending on how many of those games you have, well, some arms won't get a chance to pitch. You know, a, a lot of young guys, if it's – 15 to 2 in the eighth inning, you're not bringing Brandon Neely in. You know, you're going to bring a young arm in, right? Well, yeah, yeah. now maybe you don't get a chance to do that. Or if it's, if you score late, it, like yesterday, it was 3 nothing yeah. for a long time, right? And then they got yeah, a lot of runs late. Well, he still threw Neely out there because he needed some work. So it will change the dynamic a bit, but I really think it's going to be more of a case-to-case -case basis. 
Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that I'm interested to see is is how how coaches are aggressive when you're up, let's say, nine or eight runs. Are you are you sack flying? Are you moving up a runner? Are you stealing, you know, up up nine one in the sixth inning? Are you are you doing that at an aggressive rate to try to get that ten run to get that over to not to not put the arm stress on maybe your starter goes in and builds your and maybe you have a, a third day now, Steve, where you're using rotation out of the pin versus in the past if you had six or seven more innings, you wanted to let that, that guy go. So I'm I'm intrigued by that. Hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you later. Okay, Copper thank you. That's why I say it's a case by case basis. I think I'm right in this if my memory serves me. I think Florida was up nine to one in one of the games and they stole a base. Well, you don't I mean, normally do that you know, later in a game. But the 10-run rule, if you want to get to that, I think coaches have to understand that. That, look, I'm not trying to rub it in here, but I'm trying to save my bullpen, especially if you've used a lot of arms, right? Then, okay, if I, if I can get you up and beat you by 10 after 7, I'm going to do that. So a lot of things are going to play out here, and we don't really know, you know how it's going to be, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. Bill says, where does the men's basketball recruiting stand? Seems like other schools like UNC have received commitments during the season, yet we've only received one. Well, there's two now. Two have signed. Uh, Hopefully not like Mullen and strictly focusing on playing during the season and not also recruiting. Bill, I'm going to say this again, and I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. Recruiting now is a lot different because of the transfer portal don't be concerned with where it stands now be concerned where it ends up i'm just telling you that okay because i'm not saying you can't go out there and sign a five-star player who's going to make a difference but it's the portal And that has to wait. There's certain times you can recruit athletes in a portal. That's what's got to happen here. Uh, Let's see. Mark, do you think we'll ever see the day when the mercy rule is put in place for college football? Yes. Yes, if powers that be think the game is too long and fans aren't coming. Other than that, no. I think that would be the only thing that would drive that. Uh, Robert uh, said, uh, I took my 16-year-old daughter to the baseball game yesterday. She enjoyed herself. Great atmosphere, great weather. Albert was walking around taking pictures with fans. Kept telling her I was going to get his attention so I could get a picture with him. She said, please don't embarrass me, Dad. So about an inning later, Albert's walking around by us again. He walks over to where we're sitting sits in the empty seat next to my daughter, puts his arm around her. She doesn't know what to do. I take out my phone, take their picture. She then lightens up and enjoys the visit. It was a great day for this Gator dad. I love the Gator game experience for dad and daughters. I want to encourage parents to take their kids to Gator games, no matter their age. Len, that's cool. That, that's really cool. And uh, glad it worked out. Uh, Drew says, I know it's just the first weekend in a long season, but I definitely giggled when I saw last year's Best team in America dropped two of their first three games, being Tennessee. Yeah, now, they played good teams. 
Look who they lost to. And they didn't lose their second game last year until very late in the year. But, yeah, I hear you. 143, tie check brought to you by Hayes Chillery, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Evan Fleischer. The 22-6 Gainesville Hurricanes will face a contested 24-1 Oakleaf Knights in the boys' basketball Class 6A regional semifinal game on Tuesday. Regional final games on Tuesday include Newberry vs. Hawthorne, Wildwood vs. Wilson, Santa Fe vs. Coco, and Columbia vs. Booker T. Washington. The Florida baseball team will be heading down to Tampa on Tuesday to line up against South Florida. The Gators are 3-0 after sweeping Charleston Southern in their three-game series. Both the Gators men's and women's swimming and diving teams won SEC championships this past week. This is the men's 11th consecutive SEC win, and the women's team managed their first title since 2009. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Evan Fleischer. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Get ready for International Diamond Center's largest bridal event ever with a head-to-head matchup of the nation's two most acclaimed ring designers, Takori and Viraggio. It's next weekend, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. For the first time ever, IDC's flying in the entire collections from these iconic designers. All the newest creations with special cash incentives and long-term zero-interest financing. There has never been a better time to get the ring of your dreams. These are the best of the best in stunning handcrafted bridal jewelry. Takori from California with its signature crescent design. And Viraggio from New with its distinctive, unique look unlike any other. Compare these spectacular rings side by side. And if you buy the ring and the matching band during this event, IDC will give you $1,500 towards your purchase. Plus, we're opening up the vault with thousands of GIA and Forevermark diamonds to choose from. And exceptional prices for this three-day buying opportunity. Don't miss the two most sought-after designers, Takori and Viraggio, coming together on the IDC stage for three incredible days. March 3rd through 5th. With special incentives and zero-interest financing. International Diamond Center at Celebration Point. Hey folks, it's Steve Russell. If you haven't been to Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries in Gainesville, you're really missing out. They believe better ingredients make better meals like their Florida-raised Beef Classic Burger, their herb-infused chicken burger, delicious fresh salads, fresh hot fries, and right now, Dick's famous Florida Strawberry Milkshake while berries are in season. Walk up, drive through, or order ahead at DickMondell's.com. Seven days a week, visit Dick Mondell's on Southwest 4th Avenue and 5th Street. It's where you want to eat. Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. Milkshake quick, the quicker picker upper. Bounty picks up spills quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. So you can get back to your milkshake. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, and they're like, it's better than your bounty, the quicker picker upper. We are your home for Florida Gators softball. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Any high school program wants to get to a state championship. Cornelius Ingram has been there as a coach for football and as a coach for girls basketball at Hawthorne, and CI now joins us. CI, always good to have you. Congratulations on getting back to a state semifinal. 
Oh yeah, yep, yep. Thanks a lot, Steve. Um, um, yeah, it's been fun, man, coaching these girls and being able to make it back to Lakeland. I was just talking to Greg earlier in the show, so I'll ask you the same thing I asked him. First question: uh, Talk about the last game and getting here. What'd you like? What'd you see? Um, I think I think we played well. Um, it was it was a great um, home crowd. Newberry is actually a really good young team. Um, and, and we, we fought through some adversity. Uh, my senior key player, she went down with, with an ankle, ankle injury early, um, in the second quarter. So she ended up not finishing the game, but I love the way, you know, the other girls responded. One of my sophomore guard, I think she ended up with like 41 points. Um, she's going to be special. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was definitely pleased with the win, especially this time of the season. Um, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. How's the injury, by the way? Um, she's nurse. She's she's nursing it right now. Um, she hasn't practiced uh, yet. Hopefully, we can get her on the floor today once we practice. Um, and just try to get something out of her. If not, um, I'm confident that the younger girls will step up. But she's looking to play. She's a senior player who's, you know, who's done a lot for our program over the over the last uh, three four years and. She was on that state championship team that we won in 2020, uh, where she hit some key key free throws to to put us over the top. So uh, she's looking forward to playing, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to her, her playing as well. Tell us who you play, when you play. Uh, Post De Leon, um, they're actually the team we lost to um, in 2021. Uh, in the state championship game, uh, we were close to repeating that year. Um, they hit a big shot at the end um, of the game to go up. They're up in the panhandle, and then we'll play on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Now, it, it, this is in Lakeland, right? Yes, yes, it'll be in Lakeland. Please okay. don't come to Hawthorne. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, now, no, it'll definitely, definitely be in Lakeland. You've been there, and the reason why I asked that, you've been there a lot. And and there is a routine, you know, in going there and and making that trip and then shooting there. You've done that yep. before. Does that yep. help? Um, I think I think I think so sometimes. But you know, most of it now for us, um, it's it's all mental. You know, we've tried different strategies. Oh, practicing in a bigger gym. Uh, uh, make sure whatever gym you're in doesn't have a wall behind it because it's just open space in Lakeland. It's all mental for 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 us. Uh, again, we, we've we've done it a certain way, and you know, it end up not working out for us. And then we would do it a different way, and it will work. So it it really doesn't matter at this point. I think we're mentally um, locked in and we're focused. So um, we're gonna practice here. We've been practicing here. Um, you know, having some girls, some some other girls on the team who experienced the the Lakeland trip, um, should should help us out with some experience. But you're talking about Post De Leon, they're coming off back to back state championships, so they're going for three. Mm. So this is a great basketball team, very disciplined and well coached, um, and 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 have a lot of experience um, returning to Lakeland. So um, we know that. Um, uh, we'll be prepared to play, and um, we'll be ready to go for sure. Last question for you: um, You had a you had a really good player go down. Other players mm-hmm. stepped up. How mentally mm-hmm. tough is your group? Uh, we're very, very, 
mentally strong, man. And, and, you know, that's what we try to, you know, base a lot of our coaching off of here here at Hawthorne. Um, you know, we're going to get after it regardless. We're going to play no matter where it is. Um, and, and, and the girls know, football players here know, um, you know, that's the mindset of a coach. And I do believe um, your team is a reflection of your coach. And, um, you know, I just love the way we responded um, throughout our season, um, not just our last game, but we've had some adversity um, throughout the entire season. And, you know, these girls, they, they just keep going and going. And, and sometimes, Steve, you know, even even during losses, we've, we've gotten better. And, and that's all you want as a coach. You know, you can turn on the film and see, okay, that first half was terrible. Uh, okay, the, yeah. you know, the second half, okay, we won the second half even though we lost the game, but you can see effort. You can see um, the play development actually working and the, the girls trusting it. And that's what we've been able to do um, throughout the course of the season, and I'm extremely proud of my girls. C.I., wish you luck, man. You know that. Thanks for doing it. Yep, yep absolutely. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Uh, okay, we are now going to be talking, as we end the show today, to uh, Patrick Green, uh, Newberry and Hawthorne in boys basketball, a rematch. Patrick, how are you? Hey, Steve, how's it going, man? Uh, pleasure to be back on the show again. Yep. Uh, you get a familiar foe here again. Uh, you know, you know them, they know you. Any advantage at all? Um, you know, not necessarily, man. You know, we know each other, but as I, you know, tell the kids, this is each game is its own identity, you know. And so, you know, remind my guys that we can't just go back out and expect to have the same game and then try to replay the final seconds, you know, as it happened the last time around. So each game has its own, you know, set of problems and issues. And so uh, it helps, but, it, but not, not a whole lot. You know, I guess, does it kind of wash, you know them, they know you, you may put some wrinkles in, but is there an advantage either way in that, that you both know each other? Um, you know, not, I, I don't think so, Steve, man. You know, I just think, man, in, in this type of environment, one thing we do know about each other that may help out is that we know both teams are going to come out and play as hard as they can. And, um, you know, that those, those players that are special, they tend to come alive in these type of games, man, and I, I feel like that's what it's going to come down to. You know, I don't care if you're coaching peewee basketball in the NBA. You want to play for postseason. You want to play. Your kids have done such a good job this year. you got to be pretty proud of what they've done. Absolutely, man. You know, um, to make it this far uh, hasn't been done a whole lot, you know, in Newberry and uh, – if we're able to pull this thing off, man, it'll be the first time that our boys program has ever gone to uh, Lakeland, man, to compete in the Final Four. So a special opportunity for sure. You know, it's the same thing at Hawthorne because it's a small community. Newberry's a small community. Has the community rallied around your team and, and, your, and your push here? Absolutely, man. This is uh, one of the most special places uh to coach at, and, you know, I'm a former player here at Newberry as well. And, man, just, yeah, the community support is amazing. It's outstanding, and we're just excited to be able to play in front of our fans one more time. Uh, you know, when you look at what's at stake here, how have the kids handled all this? I, mean, I know they're looking forward to this, but in terms of their preparation, what they've been doing, are you pleased with that? 
am for the most part. You know, I think if you talk to any coach, uh, we're never really fully satisfied. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, you know, um, for our kids not ever being in this position before, I think they've done about as well as they could have. Uh, I'm not sure I asked you this before, and if I have, I apologize. But I'd like to know this. From the, the start of the season, did you think your team could be this special? Did you see this kind of success coming? You know, um, if I were to be brutally honest, I would say no. Um, starting off this season was not how you would really want to draw it up. You know, we didn't have the summer session that I, I thought we should have had. Um, a couple of kids, I had to kind of convince them to play basketball this year, man. So we kind of went into the season not really knowing what we had. And um, that first game was a, uh, a buzzer-beater loss for us. And the way our kids responded, with they ran it off like nine or ten wins after that. That's when I started to believe that we could have something special. I was just going to ask you that. You just kind of answered it. But when did you kind of think, you know, if things go right here, we could go a pretty long way? That was the time? That, that was the time, yes, sir. I, you know, I, I, at that point, I felt like it was up to us. You know, um, I felt like we had just as much as other teams around here. And that was one of the messages that I kept in front of my kids that, hey, you know, nobody is – more talented than you are so anything that we lose it'll be our own fault at this point last thing for you coach you know sometimes uh success is is helped because of good locker room good chemistry with a team that even if guys aren't playing you know they're still supportive have you had that with this group this year you know i think that is something that um has developed a little bit more just kind of throughout the season I wouldn't say that we started off with it, but I will say I got some young guys, man, that are really bought in, and um, they've kind of learned how to be great teammates. Even when they didn't get the amount of playing time that they wanted or maybe they were injured and was out, I think that's one of the things that I can say about this team is they've really learned how to support one another throughout the year. Regional final, uh, it'll be tomorrow, and uh, is it 7 o'clock, Coach? 7 o'clock, yes, sir, in the Panther Den. Okay. Wish you luck. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Thanks, Steve, for having me. You got it, Patrick. Thank you. Done a good job over there at Newberry, Patrick Green. That's going to be a heck of a game. Newberry and Hawthorne uh, in for the right to go to Lakeland. And how about if Hawthorne wins, both their boys and girls basketball teams will go. Uh, pretty special. And, and Newberry, having coached there, you know, uh, once in my lifetime, uh, it's a cool place. And in a small community like that, when – the team wins, you know, the whole town gets behind it, and uh, that's really fun to see. That, that's really a cool thing. Uh, all right. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to only have an hour show because uh, we are taking the bus to Tampa uh, for Gator Baseball tomorrow. Uh, and then uh, later on in the week, Richard Johnson, one of our Gator grads, <clears throat> you see him on ESPN is back in town. He's visiting. He'll be with us later on in the week. Um, and uh, we've got some other good guests coming up. We'll get somebody from Pro Football Focus, talk a little National Football League. And we've got some other guests uh, that we're lining up as well. So make sure and tune in all week long. But again, tomorrow, just from a programming standpoint, just here for uh, half or for one hour. Uh, Chris says, any idea who our starters will be against USF this week? Yes. Uh, Wednesday is uh, TBA, and uh, they're starting a freshman uh, tomorrow. So that's – I don't know about Wednesday. I think they're going to try to figure out what happens after 
uh, tomorrow's game, but that's what's going to happen. So that'll be kind of cool. Uh, that is going to do it for our show for today. Thanks to Sam for producing it. Thanks to all of the uh, guests for being on here today. And thank you for listening. Always appreciate it when you do. And uh, you're listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM. Oh, by the way, Kate Fisher. I don't think I gave his name. He's starting tomorrow. Uh, just realized I didn't give his name. He's a lefty. He'll start tomorrow. I'm Steve Russell. See you later. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, W.